You're listening to Music and Religion, a podcast series celebrating the 500th anniversary of the Reformation by exploring intersections of theology and music throughout history. So begins the opening chorale of a J.S. Box cantata 101, Nim von uns her du treuer Gott. This work, dark and intense in many moments, was first performed on August 13, 1724, the tenth Sunday after Trinity. In Leipzig, where Bach was composing at the time, this particular Sunday of the liturgical year was associated with didactical music and themes of God's impending judgment. In the seven movements of this cantata, Bach depicts Lutheran theology and particularly the image of the cross from the Passion of Christ. How exactly does Bach do that? That's what we're here to find out. I'm Rinna Becker, a student at St. Olaf College, and I'll be your guide as we explore hidden Lutheran references and symbols in Bach's Cantata 101. First, let's take a look into the libretto that Bach chose for this cantata. The text of this cantata borrows heavily from a hymn commonly used on this Sunday of the church year. The hymn, written by the poet Martin Muller in a year of plague, pleads for God's mercy in a time of struggle. This choice of hymn makes sense given the judgment theme of this particular Sunday. It turns out, however, that the melody of the hymn is equally important to the cantata's religious significance. Why, you might ask? Well, here's your answer. Luther used this same melody for a hymn of his own nearly 200 years earlier. In Bach's time, the hymn melody remained in use as a respected vestige of the Protestant Reformation. It's quite likely that Bach chose a libretto with so many hymn quotations because of this hymn's connection to Luther. Next, we turn to the symbol of the cross in the cantata. Although the word cross itself is never mentioned in the piece, some scholars argue that the symmetry of this piece gives it a cross-like form. When they say symmetry, they mean that the sequence of cantata movements is symmetrical. As we listen, notice that halfway through the sequence of movements, the order of the movements starts repeating, but in the reverse direction. We start with the chorale, then an aria, then one movement called a recitative and chorale, and then an aria that marks the middle of the movements. Then we have three movements in the reverse order of the first three movements. Here they are, a recitative and chorale, an aria, and finally a chorale. The symmetry or crossing of movements from one side to the other, called chiasm by musicologists, might well be a symbol of Jesus' cross. 
We also find symbolism of Jesus and the cross in this cantata's instrumentation and rhythmic figures. In Bach's music, the oboe often represents a pastoral theme, as do dotted rhythms in compound meter. Pastoral themes are often a reference to Jesus, who is sometimes called the Lamb of God because he was innocent like a lamb and was sacrificed on the cross for humankind. In the last aria of Cantata 101, an aria duet, we hear two voices accompanied by oboe da caccia, flute, and continuo. As we listen, notice especially the oboe and the dotted rhythm played by all of the instruments. Because of this dotted rhythm, we characterize this movement as a Siciliano. So when we hear the oboe and the Siciliano, we get a hint that the movement is talking about Jesus' sacrifice. In fact, the text of the libretto talks about just that, saying, think on Jesus' bitter death. By listening to the accompaniment of this movement, we gain new insight into the text. While Bach's Cantata 101 may at first listen sound simply intense and maybe a little too tied to an existing hymn, a closer examination reveals some intriguing ties to Lutheran theology and to Luther himself. Music and Religion is produced by students at St. Olaf College in Northfield, Minnesota. For more podcast episodes exploring the intersections of music and theology throughout history, visit our website at pages.stoloff.edu/musicandreligion.